0: I'm Coulter DeVries, owner of Ranch Investor Advisory and Brokerage Services. I'm an accredited land consultant with the Realtor Land Institute and proud member of ASFMRA. The Ranch Investor Podcast is the most downloaded and informative industry specific content that intrigues wild. Trinity fan Maker. That's a good Dutch name. Definitely Dutch. Yes. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Now, Good you to, drove down from Townsend, Montana. I did. How long mm-hmm. have you been in Townsend? Oh, oh hmm. 30 years. <laughs> You've been in Townsend for 30 years. When, when did you decide to become a YouTube celebrity? So, you know, it's interesting because I'm
1: like you, you know, I'm kind of a more entrepreneurial than just one thing. You know, people think ranchers are just like either ranchers, you know, and which is, is the case a lot of times. But I, I really have interest in lots of different fields like technology. And um, so I became interested in it years ago, but I had no idea that you could actually do anything on YouTube. You know, I did become a YouTuber, didn't occur to me until probably about
0: two years ago or so, something more in there. Well, it's, it's. Crazy and it's awesome at the same time that a rancher, someone living in rural Montana, because of decentralized mediums, YouTube, podcasts, uh, Twitter, TikTok, whatever it might be, you can create a brand and content and you can create information, educational information, kind of what you're doing with your YouTube channel, which I'll let you introduce here in a minute. But you you can do it without a classical education from the University of Missouri in journalism. Oh, absolutely, and I I think
1: sometimes that hinders people. They think, oh, I need to go to school for this thing, you know. And I you know I went to went through high school. I kind of fuzzy on the last two years of high school because I was mostly working during that time. So I'm not sure how much school I did during that <laughs> period of time, but uh, I. Um, and then after that, just went to work, you know, and everything that I wanted to do, I've discovered that I can find the education I need from somewhere online. Uh, in most cases, I mean, you can't become an engineer or something if you want to do that or um, there's specific or doctor if if you find a doctor that's been educated only on youtube that might be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but i have you know terrible yelp reviews exactly, at that clinic
0: terrible <laughs> terrible
1: his profit margins are probably pretty <laughs> yeah. good yeah so you know i i decided to learn to write code as i was managing a horse leasing company and you know i started out in conrad montana that's where i was born and my parents lost a farm and moved to Helena, Montana. And then we moved into the mountains and then my dad started a horse leasing company. So that's my ag experience growing up with tons and tons of horses more than cattle. Um, And my dad's a kind of old time cowboy. Well, in a way, because he doesn't fear anything or doesn't think about fear. So it's instead of this might hurt, he thinks of let's try it and see if it hurts. Right. To throw you up on this horse and see what happens. Kind of a philosophy. So I grew up in in that. Um, but I discovered in the ag world you you take so much time. It takes so much time to do everything. I mean you're constantly working 10, 12, 16 hours a day all summer long especially because you don't have I mean that's when you have the daylight and no cold, right? And and you never hardly get anywhere. So I always was looking for something just to, to add to my income stream to Uh, that I could do on the side so learn taught myself to write code Um, I discovered very quickly that is not something I want to do full-time because you never get outside (laughs) and then I discovered
0: you can't code from the saddle boy it's really (laughs) difficult
1: it's hard to code when you're sitting there at a computer Um, so then I discovered the camera thing where you can actually go out and do what you enjoy doing and and document it and uh so i kind of learned how to run a camera and and video myself and then i thought about what do i need you know what would people like to see um and it so it also corresponds very directly with uh, something in me that really wants to teach people help people understand the values of ranching the family aspects of ranching uh, what's the huge divide that i see between people in the city and people they're out there on the range, you know, because they don't really interact very much.
0: Yeah, you're trying to bridge that gap yeah. of information, and knowledge, and understanding. And what I what I really like seeing out of your YouTube channel, I mean, it's performing very well. The algorithm has kicked in. Uh, your national viewership is, I think I've seen, um, on average, probably 400,000 plus an episode. You're You're probably it, getting there.
1: It ranges, you know... It, it, it depends because I do a lot of short videos and long videos. So one long video a week and then a bunch of short videos on YouTube and stuff. So it really depends on whether you're talking shorts or long. So but, maybe on
0: a weekly viewership. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, but that is you as a rural agrarian person whose primary love and occupation is Western life and and uh agriculture and um rural communities you have a better viewership and media company than a lot of traditional mediums like let's i'm just going to say q2 our local news channel i would say that your weekly viewership could get to a point where you surpass q2 very quickly because it's not like they have a huge national presence whereas you do yeah i'm not really sure that so last month i was i was at 17 million
1: views oh on youtube alone so that's like
0: yes that that's 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 more than
1: the new york times and i don't mean that to brag i'm just saying that's that people don't understand some people don't aren't understanding the fact that everything media has evolved past that the news you know
0: people don't trust the news very much anyway but and it's the power of, of the masses, of the crowd. I mean, you can reach 330 million Americans if they have access to YouTube. Um, whereas in your content, uh, you know, it's probably intriguing to someone, just as intriguing to someone in Florida as it is to someone in uh, Seattle. So right. whereas your other mediums are unfortunately, which there's a benefit to having local news there is because uh, you, you i don't cover what's happening locally. Yes, you know so yeah. you want to know what's happening there but i mean what i'm getting at is you don't have to be dependent on leasing horses right right you you have been because of decentralization and because of uh everyone being connected the internets <laughs> the internet of things, the interwebs <laughs> uh you you now are not dependent on finding Horses, breaking them, uh, leasing them out, getting paid, making sure they don't go missing, chasing down checks, right? <laughs> chasing down horses on the reservation. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's gone forever at that point. Well, and it, it, you can do it now, but it's 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 definitely
1: it's something that's changed. It's going to change my life even more in the future because it's going to change how I do everything. You know, it, it's more focused on now building and and trying to help an audience engage an audience than it is trying to make money on a local level. Right. So it it changes everything you do.
0: Right. And, and I think the message that you put out there, this knowledge and understanding of agrarian rural lifestyle and economies, agrarian economies is important. And I think uh, storytelling producers, owners, lessees, however you come to agriculture that's a story that needs to be shared with our urban counterparts because there are legitimately people who have a question what kind of uh cow does chocolate milk come from that I, oh yeah no shit, that's a yeah. legitimate question people have had before yeah so
1: i i uh one day I, I got a question on a video so i thought well i'll just expand on this well someone had a question about like, well, how do you tell a milk cow from a beef cow? And I thought, well, I, you know, so I need to answer that, you know, and I thought it was a simple question. So I said, you know, this is, this is a milk cow here, you know, and I showed a, like a Holstein and then this is a beef cow, you know, uh, Angus cow and like, well, how do you tell? And the question, the the response to that was, um, well, how do you tell if you're going to get a milk cow or beef cow out of a, a cow? And I'm so, What I was thinking was the general question, like what, show me the difference is actually much baser. It's like they don't understand the genetics that go into making something a beef cow versus a milk cow. And I was like, okay, so you got to go back. I don't view that as like a negative thing. I I view it as a lack of education. Yeah, it's
0: not an unreasonable question. No, somebody
1: just hasn't educated people on, there's such a gap there. Have you you've heard heard of like the I can't remember what it is the Facebook little farm game that Farmville Heyday Heyday so there's a little game on that it's called Heyday where you raise a little farm right and to harvest bacon you take the pig that you own and you harvest it and it squeezes the pig and out comes bacon and then you put the pig back in your (laughs) and i'm thinking that's such an innocent little thing for people you know oh a kid is playing this yeah but they have no idea that bacon only comes when you actually kill the pig you can't you you don't put it back in your pasture it doesn't you don't milk it like a, a a milk cow and put it back out there but that's what without trying that's what they're getting is is this completely unreal thought
0: process of where
1: things come from
0: so. To no fault of their own, a lot of times. And it's they have no idea. It's no. not, uh, unfortunately, you ha- we have a lot of good uh, farmer YouTubers, rancher YouTubers like yourself. Uh, there's getting to be more and more, and they're telling a good story, and it's getting out there, they're getting traction. But we're also fighting this battle with YouTube and their policies uh, and their algorithms demonetizing um even chefs are fighting this people in the food sector especially the animal protein sector are having a real issue in instagram you can't Mm -hmm. post bloody pictures you can't post like if you're a food blogger or vlogger in your case and you have a youtube channel and you want to go to uh southeast asia and show how they're cooking up snake and chop the snake's head off and gut it and there's blood and it's moving around without a head that will get demonetized youtube youtube will consider that too graphic and too gory of content and it's like but that's that's reality that's the real world if you want to eat a snake in the jungles of southeast asia you're gonna have to cut its head off and rip the guts out yeah but they don't want people exposed to reality for some reason. It, that's frustrating. It is frustrating. I think it's
1: dangerous as well because um, not necessarily, I'm not talking about like the censorship, but the, the lack of understanding of where your, where your food comes from is dangerous because you get, the more removed you get from where, from the reality of that death causes your food, basically. And it, it sounds bad when you say it that way, but that's really the truth. And if the more removed you get from that, the more sensitive you are to everything. If you don't understand the reality of what's going on in the world—that there is evil in the world, there's things that bad that happen—I'm not to necessarily saying that. I'm just saying there's bad people in the world, there's bad things in the world. And if you remove yourself from all of it and you're never exposed to something bad going on, you're you're very limited in your how you can live. You're going to live in fear of everything because. There is evil in the world. There's things have to die for you to eat them. There's bad people that might come get you that you have to be aware of and take certain precautions for. And if you don't, then you you're just afraid of of life basically. And, and I, I I feel that's totally unhealthy.
0: And yeah. This this uh, big tech censorship and these policies: Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Whatever it might be, they are painting people, humanity into a corner that is very insulated and very naive to the realities of the world. Yeah. When you're, when you're in this very small and unfortunately ignorant, ignorant not by your own means, but by the platforms that have put you in this corner, when, when you see uh, how food is really produced, and how street fights really happen people really get mugged they actually do get shot and killed right there are realities out there that yeah it's going to be traumatizing and then we get into this issue of well, now I have PTSD because I saw a cow get its throat slit. Right. Are you are you serious? This this used to be celebrated. We used to have festivals and community gatherings exactly. to cut a cow's throat mm-hmm. and cook it in front of everyone. And unfortunately, I'm I'm guilty of this to a certain extent myself. I can remember as a kid, we said grace and gave thanks before every meal. And that there were farmers who produced that. Uh, there was a cow who died for us to eat. Uh, there was truckers who shipped that. Mm-hmm. We did that before every single meal growing up. and I, I'm probably guilty of doing it three times in the last two years. Well, and it's, it's even, and I agree with you. I mean it's it's one of
1: the things we've we've kind of lost a little bit of that. We've also lost the because of a lot of the industry, industrial technology. Uh, Now we're not as connected to our food because we have refrigeration and shipping and preservatives. So things can die way over here. And by the time it gets to us, it's unrecognizable. So we don't ever see that, you know, 100 years ago or 70 years ago or 50 years ago. If you wanted a chicken for dinner, you know, a bunch of times it was somewhere within the close vicinity of you. You know, you either saw it be killed or you killed it yourself or you knew it was killed because it came from right there. It, there was no disconnect between where that food came from. And, you know, it, it's the way of the world. It's going to happen. So I think you got to find ways to to help people understand it. And, and that's, I think, you know, speaking of the, the censorship and everything, I, I think they censor. Also, I am very, very grateful to social media for being for enabling there to be a platform for me to speak from. So even though they censor maybe what I can show, I can still tell, you know, without that, there wouldn't be a medium for me to do what I do. And it's a, it's a pipeline that people fill. I don't think they should be able to censor it, but I also appreciate it to a a great extent that it's there. It's really hard for, um, somebody that lives in a city to get another picture of that other than through the social media platform that enables me to show them you know and somebody can't block that very easy it's really difficult to block my content from somebody who wants to watch content on ranching or
0: farming or something because it's right there it's accessible to them so do they allow you to show brandings yes and how about castrations i haven't done a castration Okay. So the, the other thing about
1: um, what we're talking about, branding and castration and things like that, is I think ranchers are starting to show their lifestyle on on the these real, social media.
0: The real dirt and blood. Yes.
1: But I don't think they're doing a very good job of explaining what they're doing. So So there's a total difference between going out there with a camera and showing somebody castrating calves or branding them. Yeah. And it's like, because in our culture, me and you, we understand what they're doing fully. It's taken for granted. Yeah. We understand why they're doing it. We we know that it's a short process. It's a gathering of a bunch of friends and family, get a big meal and everybody's. So it's kind of an exciting event for us to somebody seeing it from the outside. It's like traumatic. So sort they're of like, why are they doing this to these poor animals? And it, I think ranchers and farmers need to do a better job not just showing what they're doing but explaining what is the purpose for what you're doing i mean when i did the branding video of this is why we brand something so you can tell that this animal belongs over here and not over there and if somebody steals it you can actually prove that you know you own this animal or that this animal has been stolen from somebody makes more sense as to why you would do that You know, and on top of that, people don't understand that these, these animals are not in a pen behind your house. (laughs) You know, we had to, I had to kind of go through that process of like, we brand them because they're out running in the mountains. I mean, in in miles and miles
0: away from anything. Yeah.
1: So it's, it's it's like, well, you, why don't you keep track of them better? Well, you, you can't, I mean, they're in a, such a vast area. You'd have to sleep there, and you, even sleep in there, you wouldn't keep track of them all. So,
0: I wonder. I'm going to get philosophical here, Trinity. Yeah. I wonder, with us as a whole of society being, we are being manipulated by algorithms. Um, those algorithms are uh, engineered, developed, coded, scripted, based on the personal subjective values of one a developer in silicon valley who is getting direction from a manager Mm -hmm. in silicon valley who is getting direction from a board a board that is virtue signaling and trying to show how benevolent they are um so i i think we're getting into such a plain vanilla safe safe space everywhere society i wonder if it's Creating a backlash, and that more people are like, you know what? I want to go to Montana and cut a calf's nuts off.
1: <laughs> yeah, You yeah, want to get your hands dirty. Yeah, I
0: yeah. want. I want to feel and see and smell and hear the real thing. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that has has part a play uh, to why the West the West is popular again. I mean, it. it ebbs and flows but as we've seen with we bring it up at damn near every podcast yellowstone right and all the spinoffs it's unbelievable the amount of tv indie films the spinoffs of yellowstone and just the absolute interest in cowboy culture and western ranching um and i i wonder if part of that is people are just well in two years of being locked down and told you know what what you're going to be vaccinated with and mm-hmm. where you can wear a mask and take your mask or your vaccine passport i wonder if all of that is having this reaction to where people are like you know what i want to go see what the real world is like i want to i want to feel it and experience it and i would bet the popularity of your youtube channel has a little bit of that going on
1: yeah i th- i think i believe so
0: I, and another thing is
1: you know i think there's a is an element where we've kind of uh, for lack of a better term, wimped people, pussification like, oh, of America. Yes. Don't yeah. don't be too manly or too yeah. tough for whether you're a woman or a man. Because I, you know, I'm out there with men and women on yeah
0: the emasculation and pussification ex- of America. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And I think some people are, are have are feeling that as as an insecurity, and they want to go see, they want to feel that what it feels like to accomplish something, not with, not just you know under the the emotional limitations of what society says you can feel you know Oh, don't cross this line because you might hurt somebody else's feelers you know it, they want to actually go out there and accomplish something with their hands and i and and sweat that kind of thing and that i think plays a big role a big role man
0: if 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 only we could get these social justice warriors to put up some hay with my grandpa around around 2001, 1994, And uh, gosh, you've never had an ash chewing like when you ran over a, an old barbed wire fence, cedar post, and get get the old wire, barbed wire caught up in the conditioner of the swather. Oh yeah, there's some hurt feels right there. Oh yeah, there's. <laughs> you think you're, you're you 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 got to deal with your feelings
1: right then and there. You're gonna have to get over it quick, dude, because you're not gonna be allowed to show a whole lot of
0: feelings. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I didn't know we were gonna get into. Uh, the food uh that's that's great that we did because i wanted to have you on to talk about your youtube channel Mm -hmm. and how that has really kind of brought uh enabled you to be dynamic and multi-income um a sense of freedom that you're not dependent on just rain and what what grass is gonna get produced to graze and how much hay is gonna to be to feed your horses that you're leasing out and if you're gonna go compete for more leases and all of that that goes into finding your place in rural economies. Mm-hmm. YouTube has really helped you with that. But you're also, like you said, you're self taught coding. What is this what is this blockchain and this white paper that you produced? So I've always been doing something,
1: you know, entrepreneurial you know, I mean, I'm involved in real estate. I'm involved with everything. Trying to get, uh, because because of that same thing, I've seen the, um, you know, working 16 hours a day and not having enough money to change a tire when, it, you know, you get a flat tire. You're like, I, this month is is not going well, you know, and I, I don't have any more hours in a day to do anything. So working smarter rather than harder, right? And part of my passion is this, this education portion of, Um, educating people on how ranching works. And I have a a very technical side to me that I love to learn new technologies. And I see blockchain coming about, you know, and people don't really understand blockchain necessarily. and um, Or, you know, Bitcoin is based, is a blockchain in itself. But um, people kind of hear about that, but they don't really know what it is at all. I think it's pretty limited knowledge at this point. It's getting more and more and, and I I saw it as a as a way to help the ranching industry kind of become more independent about selling their own beef through um, you know tokenizing beef, which means you you make it into a wallet, uh, you know putting an NFT, yeah, an NFT. So you're tying a token to some something in the beef industry or the farming industry, and then selling that token instead of selling as a right to that product kind of a thing as the, the name tag or claim of ownership, claim of ownership. And I think that's the future of it, but I see it as a, you know, I started cattle Kings. I'm starting cattle Kings. It's kind of a bigger venture than I thought it was in the beginning. um, As a way to educate people on the reality of ranching through doing it themselves. So, a complete digital world of ranching, but in, on, in a blockchain manner. And the reason I chose blockchain is because you can actually own the cattle, NFT cattle, in a wallet. So apart from the game, you have them on your wallet. Uh, at some point, you'll be able to put these things on your, and show them on your social media, you know? And a lot of times gaming is kind of a separate world where it's like locked into itself. Right. And blockchain enables you to have a wallet on your phone where you can keep whatever assets that you gain in this world with you, not just with the game itself. And um, so I've got uh, the first set of cattle ready um, and we're working on developing the ways that they breed because in blockchain, you can have a token. So an NFT is basically just a token. It's a piece of um, it's a. In other words, a currency coin, let's say like it's not a coin, but we're going to use that term. So people can understand if you have a coin in your so wallet, you
0: representation of,
1: yes, but there's only can only ever in an NFT form. It can only be one of those, not 50. Each one is unique. So a dollar in, in a digital currency or a blockchain would be, um, not an NFT because you could have 50,000 of them and they're identical. The first one is the same value as the second one or the third one or the 50th one, where an NFT is the first one is completely unique from the second one. So this one, the first one might be worth $50,000. Let's just use an example of dollars. $50,000, the second one might be worth $2. You know, it, it depends on what it is, right? So that enables you to actually have a completely unique cattle herd in the blockchain, which where each token is identified by um, a cattle, a cow, or a steer or a bull that then has characteristics tied to it in the blockchain, which can be genetics, which are genetics. And then when you breed two of them together in the game, you can actually produce a whole new cattle token, which has genetics based on the two parents, just like you would in the real world. So you can raise registered cattle or regular cattle or anything like that. And I think that's step one in creating an entire ranching economy in a game where somebody can actually build a herd and compete with other people as to who can build the best herd, sell your cattle, and and teach them how that actually works. You can only get 10 calves out of one cow before it's worthless. And you have to sell it for burger. That's what we do in real life, you know, whereas... In a game, typically, those cows live
0: forever and, you know, you milk them for meat, you know, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> when I play a game, I want to win. How, yeah. do I, how do I win cattle kings? By becoming the cattle king. So uh, monopoly? Does kind that, of a, a monopoly. I,
1: the, the, based a little bit on the fact that people want to be John Dutton. Let's just say that, okay? People want to be a cattle king. They want to be this guy who has power, the who owns the most stuff, right? The most land and the best cattle and has the most power. Well, in the game, as it grows, there will be more and more opportunities to own NFT land where you can raise your cattle and and you you can utilize different ways. The more attentive you are to your cattle, the better, the faster they raise calves the faster the more they produce the better quality they are so you can if you are attentive to your cattle you can grow faster than somebody else and you can also earn uh, special tokens that you can share on your social media like hey i've achieved this level have you you know kind of a status symbol i believe a lot of what we do is actually about status anyway oh for sure yeah it's about what we present
0: to each other right Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, you could pr- probably be just fine running three or 400 head, but can you brag at the bar about it, that? Exactly. You, you can only brag at the bar if you got seven, 800 head. Exactly. Yeah, I run
1: 1500 <laughs> head, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or I sold one for,
0: you know, yeah, another, another brag is the guys who, who run on pasture range and, uh, the guys who brag on running on tens of thousands of acres. Right. And, okay, let's just say 30,000. So I can do easy math because mm-hmm. in Montana, 30 acres per animal unit. Right. R- general rule of thumb on pasture. So that's a thousand head operation, right? So they, they are bragging in the bar about running on 30,000 acres when they could be uh, grazing irrigated pasture with that same thousand head on three to four thousand irrigated acres, right? But you know it's pretty hard to flex on your buddies when it's very hard to flex on your buddies when when it's just three thousand acres.
1: And and to do that in real life is now what is that going to cost you? I mean, if ten thousand acres in Montana is going to cost you millions, so you're, you're to be able to do it. In a in a game form, you know, I think reality is a little harder for people to join into that one, right? Yeah. But if you can join it in a, in a game form, there's there's a lot less limited land in a game, right? It's going to be limited, just like it is in the world, but
0: there's it's going to be less. So, are you creating your own sandbox? Are you creating your own? Uh uh metaverse virtual reality kind of like uh exactly those uh those real estate what are the two big ones out there that, know, what the one with the llama are you talking about uh um, i can't remember that. i can't remember them either you're but, talking about like axi infinity well the the actual um virtual reality metaverse digital real estate oh, okay uh, the sand i the thought sandbox sandbox I think is what yeah. It,
1: yeah sand sand
0: So you're creating the rural sandbox, the rural meta. Right.
1: Metaverse, but I'm trying to keep it in a way of um, a little... Sandbox is like people can build on it, right? And I'm trying to create something that... So there's two ways to think about digital currency or blockchain. And I'm trying to stay away from the one, which is um, completely using blockchain technology to create this token that has an enormous amount of value and everything. And a company that builds and then sells, basically, trying to build itself to sell. I'm not saying Sandbox is doing that, but in the version that I'm building, it's more about creating an experience for somebody that can join in. And blockchain is a tool so that enables it to have ownership in the game to an extent that I don't believe you can have without it. And that's why I'm choosing to use blockchain. It's not that I'm like, I'm going to be a blockchain whatever. I think it's the best tool for people to be able to enjoy this because they retain ownership of everything in a game form or in a token form instead of, let's use something else as an example. It's some other game where you raise a whole bunch of XP or something and then, When the XP is, you know, when you leave the game, it stays in there, right? Which is why I use, I'm using blockchain for this. So I would like it if people didn't even know they're using blockchain, you know, because that's not that I don't want them to know. What I mean is I want them to be easy enough that they don't have to know blockchain. They just know it's in their wallet and their phone, you know. Does
0: that make sense? It does. And I'm glad we brought the resident appraiser in-house yeah, this was a hell of a conversation to just yeah. drop, in, <laughs> drop in Probably on. totally lost on this one, huh? and, and Metaverse Ron. real estate. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Andy Ron just dropped in on our Think Tank, think tank session. So is your um, ranch, Metaverse, is it fixed? Is there a limited amount of land to compete for? Yes. So the... Well, that helps with values doesn't it Andy uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna fit into the environment we've already got of <laughs> shortages and uh lack of supply it well exactly but
1: you know at, at one point you know i can't remember what the year but they had the land rush right so there was mm-hmm. out here in the west it was like almost 2021. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah i believe i believe, yeah. I I believe was 30, it was 2021. Circa 2021. <laughs> <Yeah. Exactly. laughs>
1: And, and they're not making any more land. So to make it like the world, you know, I, I don't want to like exactly copy the world starting off, but you have to make the economy, to, to have the economy be somewhat real, you need to have a finite amount of land,
0: right? So that somebody yeah. can become- so
1: that there's scarcity. Yeah, scarcity, it has gotta be scarcity of something. So, so if I
0: bought one of your NFTs, uh, hopefully it, it wouldn't become diluted. Right right cuz you you can't you're not going to be able to make more land as you go you know but There's i a, can make more cows and overgraze the piss out of my virtual reality can <laughs> i for a while <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> just like in reality you can do that for one or two years and then the production quality is going to go <laughs> way down so it's kind of this you know that you start out in the game with a corral that you can feed cattle in right but that's fairly expensive cuz you have to feed them hay all the time yeah yeah. So, your once you can buy land, I've had to do that in reality. It's it, it, it is expensive. It's horribly expensive, <laughs> especially in twenty twenty one. Actually, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I don't know what the price of hay is here now, but this this winter it's probably going to be hovering around two hundred and eighty dollars a ton for just cow hay. Yeah. And so, <laughs> if, I mean, if if you think reality, that just
1: makes your you you wonder why one of the reasons why beef is so expensive in the store i mean if you have to feed it hey and i don't know i'm not I'm, i think that's probably a bad example because it's not really expensive in the store because ranchers have to feed hay the profit margin of the rancher just went down a whole bunch if they have to feed hay the price that right the person buys it from the rancher actually stays relatively so insane. you
0: had to code all this in the cost of hay profitability goes down that's not in there yet it's- Acres per animal unit. Yes, this is still in cost of fencing, a divorce, those get pretty expensive. <laughs> the, the, that, that'll take a risk. Domestic down. tranquility index. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, what would that be? DTI, exactly. Domestic tranquility index. It's oh, a man.
1: Thing. That affects you big time. <clears throat> uh, you know, so that it, it's all got to go in there. Yes. I mean, you, like you said, minimal viable product, right? Yeah. We're starting out with very small but this is our vision of this is my vision of where it's going to go once you get them you know breeding correctly
0: and all that kind of stuff and find out where people want to go with it trinity thank you for coming on that was very intriguing appreciate you coming down from townsend montana where can people find your youtube channel well just my name just look up trinity vanden
1: anchor on youtube or or facebook or TikTok it's just or? you you're the influencer i'm you're there like kim
0: kardashian
1: I, i've been told that one <laughs> of my friends did you did you see that episode oh in the morning i showed up to move cows and the one guy because i always get made fun of because the guy with the camera you know yeah. and one guy said oh I you're i know
0: you're like kim kardashian <laughs> and i said yeah without the money and the lips <laughs> that's it <laughs> so trinity van maker on youtube are you a tiktok celebrity yet i am on tiktok Mm -hmm. Because you said you're producing shorts, so Mm -hmm. you've got YouTube shorts, uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok, which is shorts, I hear. Well, people will have to look you up and check it out. Click subscribe on your streaming platform so you know when the latest episode has dropped. Be the source of knowledge and the maven that other professionals
1: are excited to refer